animator, voice actor, film director, Eric Goldberg may be having more fun than the rest of us, or at least he seems to be. When we met to discuss his work at Walt Disney Studios and Warner Brothers, his adventures animating Robin Williams' Genie in Aladdin, his work on Winnie the Pooh, and multiple other projects, he was just as excited to share the work of the animators he admires and play clips from some of his favorite animated shorts. Eric has been an enthusiastic jazz fan since he was a kid and delighted in discussing how integral music is to the animation process and how the two art forms work together. Today is the second half of my conversation with Eric Goldberg. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Here's a swinging track Eric brought me from the animated cartoon short subject, Swing Shift Cinderella, called Oh Wolfie. All the chicks are crazy for a certain burly wolf, a real sharp curly curly wolf. Whose line is oh so smooth when he spreads it on Sharp or smooth, he's in the groove where loving is a thing And all the babes in town trail him around Just to hold his paw and sing Oh, Wolfie, oh, Wolfie, ain't you the one? Oh, Wolfie, oh, Wolfie, ain't we got fun? You send the shivers up my Please tell me, do what makes me love you so? You're not rugged, it's true, but when I look at you, I just oh, Wolfie, oh, Wolfie. Goldberg is fascinated with the creative process and how different forms of art can influence each other. Radio comedy was king, you know, in the 1940s. And so uh, if you'd listen to Allen's Alley with Fred Allen, they had a character on there named Senator Claghorn, who was done by an actor named Kenny Del Mar. Well, lo and behold, it didn't start this way, but it kind of morphed into it. Senator Claghorn kind of became Foghorn Leghorn, you know, with the same earmarks of, it's a joke, son, I keep pitching them and you keep missing them, you know? Right. <laughs> and, and a lot of his catchphrases and even his, his vocalization kind of became Foghorn Leghorn. And now no one remembers Senator Claghorn, but they know who the rooster character is. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what, what strikes me as you're talking about what a great education it was for you and 
And for me, too. I mean, it started my career and many, many other people because I've talked to so many musicians, especially in our generation, that that was their first exposure to this. Because if it's not to to this kind of music, Mm -hmm. because if it's not on the radio, which it wasn't as much as it was when our parents were coming up, then hearing that music would really do it. And people would say that to me when I got my first jobs. They'd say, oh, you're playing cartoon music. <laughs> so it was so much this way that that's how they related it. They didn't think of it as jazz. They thought she's playing cartoon music. Interesting. And other people would think that was an insult. And I thought, I knew it was a compliment because I knew how great that music was. But we had that opportunity. And people still do if they see those things. But what I'm saying is just the sophistication of what they were bringing into these things. And jazz developed in the same way. It was mm-hmm. all these influences that it is an art form like animation that is capable of bringing these things in and using them and expanding on them, which is what makes this huge connection because every animator I've ever talked to or heard or read about, they all have a connection to music. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's they're, they're, Intertwined. Well, and they have to be. And I and the wonderful thing for those of us who love musicals is that animation gives us that opportunity. Musicals are coming back in their own way, but in that pure form of the way I think of a musical of when you can no longer express your emotion, you break into song, mm-hmm. you can do that in, in animation. Yeah. And it doesn't seem odd. <laughs> when, um, you know, one of my mentors when I was younger, was an animator named Art Babbitt. And Art Babbitt animated the Chinese mushrooms and the thistles in Fantasia. Uh, He animated Geppetto. He animated Goofy. He kind of created Goofy, pretty much. Um, And I was so impressed with his thistle dance to the Russian dance in, in Nutcracker in the Fantasia film. So any time that I have ever seen live performances of the Nutcracker, I'm always disappointed because no human can jump as high as Art Babbitt's thistles. And that's what animation brings to it. It's that heightened marriage, that energy that can't be duplicated by mere humans. (laughs) No, and it's true. I I mean, I will very often, as you're saying this, people will, when they're trying to express something, amazing and impossible they'll say well it's like in a cartoon when you know and then they (laughs) fill in the blank because you know when i was describing something to someone talking about seeing a beautiful woman i said you know when the eyes pop out they go out (laughs) in a cartoon and that's what it was like and it's it's interesting to me because it's come full circle for you you were so passionate about this you've said with the early music and the early animation and something that that we have as musicians, that we talk about a lot as jazz musicians, is a certain touch that someone has. It won't just be the notes. It will be the feel. Mm -hmm. That's really what what separates the greats from everyone else. They could do a transcription, just like I'm sure I'm making this up and you'll tell me if I'm off base. But just as as someone who's good at drawing in quotes, Mm -hmm. could look at a um, Mickey Mouse drawing and could draw that quote exactly, but it wouldn't swing. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be that extra thing because it wouldn't have the feel of what's really going on, the subtleties of Mickey that Mm -hmm. someone great 
can capture. That's what we talk about a lot in music. I'd like you to talk of the about the equivalent in animation. Well, you said something earlier when we were talking about people who have that feel expressing joy mm, through their mm, music. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And my favorite animation is animation that looks like it's enjoying itself mm. on the screen, you know, where, you know, the holy grail for animators is you believe that these characters exist as individual personalities. And we work very hard to try and create that. Um, and, I want the characters to look like they're having fun there, Mm. you know, but they're doing it of their own accord, Mm -hmm. their thought processes, their brain power. And a very high strata of animators can do that. The rank and file animators sometimes, Mm. you know, but the fact of the matter is you can't repeat it. And actually I have a good example for you on the Jungle Book, Mm. okay? There's a riff where it really was just improvised. Right on it. Yeah. That's delicious. Oh. Oh, just a little bit. Mm. This is really living. Well, they liked it so much, they transcribed all those notes Mm. and redid it again for the end of the movie as Bagheera Uh. and and Baloo are walking off. But it doesn't sound the same. It's a transcription, but it doesn't have the improvisational feel that that original riff did. You know, so it's exactly the same. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Wow! And that I was even just saying that on instinct, and it's exactly right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's fascinating. Well, that just shows how astute you are. (laughs) (laughs) Why, thank you, dear. Thank you for that. animator Eric Goldberg worked for years in London for the great animator Richard Williams. Here's Henry Mancini's theme that played under Richard Williams' animation for the opening credits for The Return of the Pink Panther. Richard has the panther doing a soft shoe and all kinds of fun moves. Thank you. 
you brought something for me that has Benny Carter. And I told you earlier that I knew Benny Carter, and this was a complete surprise. Talk about this film. Okay. Adventures of an Asterisk was the first independent animated film that John and Faith Hubley made. John was one of the leading lights at UPA. Okay. He came from Disney. He was an art director at Disney's, and he was one of the founders of UPA after the Disney strike in 1941, and uh, he did a lot of amazing work at UPA. He fell foul of the House Un-American uh, Un Activities Committee mm. and had to leave UPA. He met his future wife, Faith Elliott, uh, on a project that was post-UPA. Uh, she was a film editor and sound editor, and uh, they collaborated there was a consortium of cinema owners that were tired of having to pay for the packages from the big studios. So they wanted to make their own feature that they could distribute themselves and reap more of the profits. The thing they wanted to make was an animated version of Finian's Rainbow. Okay. And John and Faith were doing that and they brought in all these jazz greats. They brought in Ella Fitzgerald, Benny Carter, Nelson Riddle, Frank Sinatra, you know, and these tracks, I only have bootleg versions of them, but these tracks are absolutely amazing. But when the people who were doing the funding found out that John was dissed by HUAC, uh, they pulled the plug on it. So the film never got made. But John and Faith stayed together and they continued doing commercials for, uh, you know, their bread and butter, but also making one independent film a year. They promised themselves they're going to make one independent film a year. Now, they would employ the same jazz musicians. In fact, some of these things that wound up in their short films were actually recorded during those Finian's Rainbow Sessions in 1954, wound up in independent films like Ella Fitzgerald and the Oscar Peterson trio singing tenderly, doing tenderly for the tender game. And Adventures of an Asterisk was the first independent film that they made. And it was funded by the Guggenheim Museum. And the idea behind it is, could you make a film that shows people how to appreciate abstract art? Mm. And... That's exactly what they did. And they brought in Benny Carter and Lionel Hampton to do these tracks. And this is hard to describe on the radio, but, you know, one thing the Hubleys were great at was to use abstract shapes, but you knew which characters they were supposed to be. So in this film, the little boy who has a sense of play is a very frenetically moving asterisk and – his dad, who's played, I guess, on the tuba, <laughs> is these three big blobs <laughs> it's fascinating. that move along. And you know who is who, you know. And it's so beautiful. People can <laughs> – I really encourage people to look for this on YouTube because I watched it this morning. Mm -hmm. And 
It's just so beautiful. It's so sophisticated and lovely, and the music, of course, is great. Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. My guest is animator Eric Goldberg. Eric has been a jazz fan since he first discovered animation as a kid. Eric brought me wonderful examples of jazz and animation, including this track of trombonist vocalist Jack Teagarden in Sliphorn King of Polaroo. It's the jumping as you ever knew Ride and come along with me It's the only place you'll see Jackson, the slip-horn king of Polaroo Here nobody works a bit They wouldn't think of it Making music is all that they do And the man who gives the beat Is the gent you all should meet Jackson, the slip-horn king of Polaroo And when he plays those hot licks on his horn I mean the island rocks And the natives all chant Hongi, hongi, and Which means I'm deep to my side. If you're really in the groove, then brother, here's your move. Grab a dog sled and march northward too. Come where music is a thing, pay allegiance to the king. I mean Jackson, the slip horn, king of Polaroo.
I think sometimes the influence of these things, and I know you think this too because we were talking before we started recording, they're there. That imprint is there in a way that would be hard to even identify, but it's all part of who you are now. And I think it draws those things to us in an interesting way, in ways that we can't even figure out whether a person sees your animation and Quincy Jones says, that's the man, because mm-hmm. he's recognizing it, or something. I think that things do come around because of these influences that we have. Do you, does that sound insane, or do you know No, it I'm doesn't saying? sound insane. It just surprises me that I've ever had these opportunities. You know, one of my great heroes was Al Hirschfeld. And, oh, of course, yeah. I kind of appropriated his style on Aladdin, you know, because – the uh, production designer, Richard Vanderwind, was making what I would call Hollywood Arabian backgrounds with lots of Arabic S curves and things yeah. like that. And I thought, okay, what kind of characters fit in curvy environments? Curvy characters, ergo Al Hirschfeld. So he became my major influence on the character design in the films. And then all the other uh, animators jumped on board and we all tried to do the Hirschfeld thing. <laughs> And, and Oh, that's great. And, and so uh, we had a Museum of Modern Art screening of the work in progress of the film. Um, and I'm standing there at the entrance of the Ziegfeld Theater with Susan and my brother Elliot, who drove, drove up from New Jersey. And Peter Schneider, the then president of Feature Animation, goes, Oh, by the way, you're Alan Dolly Hirschfeld's minders tonight. Oh, <laughs> did you go up crazy? Comes, oh, up, up comes the limo. Out they come. And I'm like sweating. I'm, oh, Mr. Hirschfeld. And so he's sitting next to me through the entire screening, which is also something that I never thought. Was it an out-of-body experience? Oh, my God. Well, first of all, the screening itself was fascinating to me because I'd never seen my work in front of a live audience before. Oh, you hadn't? No, because I was doing television commercials. Oh, right, right, right. And when when the genie came on and and the house rocked, I was was gasping. It was like I really understood just how far-reaching these Disney films are and how many people they could touch even if they didn't know me from a hole in the wall. But, but you know but you and you connecting. know what you've done. Exactly. Oh, that had to be thrilling. It, it, and sitting next to Hirschfeld. Yeah. And, you know, at the end, he could certainly see his influence, mm, you know. Mm. So the lights come up and I'm thinking, I hope he liked it. I hope he liked it. I hope he doesn't sue me. I hope he liked it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and did he like it? He did like it very much. Well, and what a great honor for him to you know. see how this has influenced you and what you've done with it. And and I'm going to tell you something you may not know. Did you know that he played stride piano? No, I didn't. So <laughs> I get to be the person wow. who tells you this. He His studio, and he lived near a club yeah, that I worked in New York. Yeah, Street. Yeah. Exactly. And he would come and hear me, mm-hmm. which is the only reason I know this, because he requested a Fats Waller tune called Alligator Crawl. <laughs> and I played it. And then he told me that he, I think, lived in Paris. He lived somewhere and would, and I don't know if he, if he had a gig, but it was something that this was his big tune. <laughs> 
was the tune Alligator Crawl. And it makes sense that he was playing that style because that's right. the era he's from and he came up. But he played stride piano. So there that's you go. He played the specific kind of music you like. Mm-hmm. Your hero was also doing that music. So there's another connection you didn't even know. Waller playing his composition, Alligator Crawl. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. 
Our show is made possible in part with generous support from Steinway & Sons and from East Hampton Indoor Tennis, eight indoor and 20 outdoor courts in a quiet, beautiful park-like setting. Visit ehit.ws for more information. Additional support is provided by jazzonthetube.com, the largest annotated collection of classic jazz videos online from early jazz greats like Louis Armstrong to Thelonious Monk and other bebop masters. The collection also includes an extensive library of Afro-Cuban jazz. All are available with a free subscription at jazzonthetube.com. For a schedule of upcoming jazz-inspired programs, visit our website at jazzinspired.com. You can listen to podcasts of Jazz Inspired on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can email us at info at jazzinspired.com or visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Stride Queen. My guest, animator Eric Goldberg, has been a fan of early jazz since he was a kid. One of his favorites is Peggy Lee, here singing He's a Tramp from the Disney animated feature Lady and the Tramp. He's a tramp, but I love him. Breaks a new heart every day. He's a tramp, I adore him, and I only hope he'll stay that way. He's a tramp, he's a scoundrel, he's a rounder, he's a cat. He's a tramp, but I love him, yes, even I have got it pretty bad. You can never tell when he'll show up, he gives you plenty of trouble. I guess he's just a no-count pup But I wish that he were double He's a tramp He's a rover And there's nothing more to say If he's a tramp He's a good one And I wish that I could travel his way That I could travel his way He's a tramp But I love him And I only hope he'll stay that way You can never tell When he'll show up He gives you plenty of trouble I guess he's just a no-count pup But I wish that he were double He's a tramp, he's a rover And there's nothing more to say If he's a tramp, he's a good one And I wish that I could travel his way I wish that I could travel his way Wish that I could travel his way. Animator Eric Goldberg is fascinated with the connections between people and art and how it all influences each other.
Eric was a longtime admirer of caricaturist Al Hirschfeld and used that inspiration in animating the genie in Aladdin. Eric had worked for years in television, so hadn't watched something he'd created with an audience. When he sat in the audience watching Aladdin, to his surprise and delight, he was seated next to Hirschfeld and his wife. It's like we've been saying, all this stuff is interconnected. It is. It totally is interconnected. And what I find so beautiful (laughs) about you, one of the many things, is that you appreciate it and it brings you such joy because I think these... These are the important things in life, if I can get spiritual for a moment, <laughs> are these connections and that you got that opportunity to sit there and watch this with Hirschfeld is spectacular. Well, and especially that that's the first time you got to be in an audience and watch this. It's yeah. amazing. And I was nervous as hell. But oh, you had to we, be, but it, how beautiful. It was great. And we became friends with Alan Dolly. And um, uh, when time came, I had proposed doing Rhapsody in Blue. Susan and I took Alan Dolly to lunch and proposed doing Rhapsody in Blue. Uh, and I wanted him to design all the characters. And he wrote back a very gracious letter that said, well, if I was a little bit younger, you know, I'd be there in a minute. But 50 characters, you know, I'm kind of stuck to my barber chair. And, you know, I, I'm afraid I'm going to have to turn it down. But we didn't stop. You know, we just kept saying, finally, we got him to agree that if the studio gave it a green light, he would allow us to adapt any of his existing work ah. for the piece. So finally, they did. And he was our artistic consultant on it. So we got to work with him directly. Oh. And he was marvelous. He would show us, you know, I'd show him model sheet drawings and, and he'd say, oh, this is how you make it a little more, you know, oh. fluid and so on and so forth. And it was marvelous. He looked at Susan's art direction pieces and he went, this artwork is first rate. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was just such a wonderful guy to work with. And of course, we did use so many of his drawings mm, adapted. Mm, mm, you know, mm. there's a, a character in the film named Joe who doesn't have a job. Okay. And Joe um, was modeled after Teddy Hart, a vaudeville comedian and actor uh, that Hirschfeld had caricatured a few times. So well, he did everybody, it seems, he right? Did. And so we're doing commentary on the DVD for Rhapsody in Blue with mm. him. Mm. And that comes up and he goes, that's Teddy Hart. <laughs> you probably haven't drawn him since 1933, but you uh, remember. <laughs> I'm just thinking what a thrill it is to not only meet these people, but to get to work with them and somebody that influenced you. And I can't imagine that a lot of people have had the opportunity to admire somebody, integrate that influence, and then get to talk to them later and actually analyze that influence. That's really deep. Yeah, and I was, I've always been so lucky, not just to have the opportunity, but to be able to be friendly with these people. Mm, mm. Um, Susan was working for Chuck Jones when he was making his last few films and, and, and the Mrs. Doubtfire animation as well. And so I got to know Chuck 
better through Susan. And, um, you know, again, here's somebody that I'm, I've admired all my life. And under the table, uh, I got to work with him. I'm working with one of my heroes here, and you can't you can't put a price on that. No, that's invaluable. No, and I think that for them, it's a great thrill as well to have someone that's as appreciative and as talented as you, obviously, working with them because they know their work is being carried on in a really beautiful way too. That's what this is all about. Yeah, I mean, my Richard Williams training in television commercials furthered my interest in being a style chameleon, okay? Mm, that's interesting. Because at Richard Williams, we had to do a different graphic style every week on a commercial. One week would be woodcuts. One week would be fashion drawings. Oh, that's interesting. One week would be Ronald Searle. One week would be Tom and Jerry. And so we had to have this facility mm. to animate in various styles, that's great training. And it is fantastic training. I used to room with Russell Hall, who's the guy who animated Jessica Rabbit. Jessica's theme from the soundtrack of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. My guest, animator Eric Goldberg, worked with Russell Hall, who animated Jessica Rabbit in that film. He used to smoke these roll-your-own cigarettes, and we're in a studio in Soho Square in London, and he's working on a job that Ronald Searle designed, and we had to, we had to lock Ronald Searle's storyboards in the safe every night, you know, and then return him the drawings when we were done. And Russell 
And this is the same thing about, you know, finding out which fingers hit which notes. Mm, Russell is mm. sitting there animating on acetate with a dip pen and India ink to get Ronald Searle on screen. And he takes a drag on one of his cigarettes and he goes, you know, it probably took Ronald Searle about 40 years to develop this style. And we have to do it in three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and he's right. It, uh, that was our job. <laughs> oh, that's great. But it was such great training, you know, and for Hirschfeld and for Chuck Jones to realize that I could do them right. out of sheer admiration yeah. and study of their style. He autographed, uh, Al Hirschfeld autographed a book for us. No. To Eric and Susan, the Svengali's of my art. No. <laughs> but that's what keeps this all going. And you can't do it, you can't do it quickly. I think, well, you've brought me to a point that, that I wanted to ask you that I was thinking that, does it feel, and maybe not, I have no idea how you're going to answer this, but there are these iconic drawings. You're wearing a fabulous shirt with Mickey and Minnie on it. Actually, Oswald and his girlfriend. Oh, it is. Oh, my <laughs> word. That's right. That's right. And and your wife finds this fabric, yep. great fabric, and then she will make shirts for you. Yeah. But I'm thinking about these iconic characters. And the first time that you were asked to draw one of them mm -hmm. in something – is it kind of emotional? You know, one of the things I did when I was growing up is try and imitate my heroes. So by the time I got to college, I could do a pretty good Charles Schultz. I could do a pretty good Chuck Jones, <laughs> you know, and so on and so forth. But when you actually get to do it on a project, that's something completely different as well. You have to feel like you're doing right by the characters and thinking. the artists. It is who, uh, an emotion. I would think it's, yeah. it's very deep, isn't yeah. it? I mean, recently I had to revise some drawings for something at Disney's that uh, they'd lost the original drawings. So I had to, you know, redraw some things. And the copies they had of the drawings weren't particularly good. Mm. Okay. They'd been redrawn by somebody and there were gaps in the arms and the legs and things like that. And originally I was told by the person who gave this to me, well, just, you know, fill in the lines and add the, you know, stuff that's missing. But some of them were so bad that I just felt like I had to redraw them. And I sent them and everybody liked them. And I said, I think these characters deserve better, don't you? <laughs> mm. Because they do. Right. You need these characters to be these characters, mm -hmm. not pale imitations of them. Oh, and it's and terrible, course, and you can always tell. And and yet, I'm making an imitation of, you know, Frank and Ollie, who animated the fairies in mm -hmm. Sleeping mm -hmm. Beauty. Mm -hmm. I'm doing my best to do them. And of course, that's an influence on me. Just getting inside of somebody's brain and doing that, which is exactly what we used to do at Richard Williams and then my own company, Pizzazz, in commercials. You're getting inside the artistic head of somebody and seeing how that works. How do they indicate a character looking sly? How do they indicate a character walking? All these kinds of things that will color the way that you move them, the mm, way that you mm. animate them and act them. Mm. And... 
that's a very, very unique kind of thing. Mm. Uh, it is, and it's it's a it's a kind of engagement and and awareness and observation, separate from the talent of actually actualizing it. So it's yeah, it's fascinating. You've got the wrong idea about me, Mr. Valiant. I'm a pawn in this, just like Roger. Can you help me find him? Just name your price, and I'll pay it. Yeah, I bet you would. You gotta have the rabbit to make the scam work. No, 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 I love my husband. You've got me all wrong. You don't know how hard it is being a woman looking the way I do. Yeah, well, you don't know how hard it is being a man looking at a woman looking the way you do. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Talk about Richard Williams. Richard Williams was really my big mentor in animation. I tried to get into Disney's and, you know, got turned down. Um, and I was aware of Richard Williams's work when I was still a kid. Uh, he had been doing movie titles and for things like What's New Pussycat and Casino Royale. And I was always fascinated by his work because it was very painterly. Uh, he did the titles to A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, and I was just fascinated by what he could do. Um, and they started a movie uh, based on the Raggedy Ann characters called Raggedy Ann and Andy in New York, and I got to work with him there. Now, during that time, he showed these, but he also um, – I'd seen them before. Uh, he did the titles to The Return of the Pink Panther – and the main animator on it was Ken Harris, who was Chuck Jones's finest animator. And I got – when I came to London, I got to take Ken to lunch every Tuesday, you know, and learn from him as well as learning from Dick. And Dick was a superb draftsperson and animator. And so there was so much I absorbed just being in that atmosphere. My first office – uh, at Richard Williams at 13 Soho Square was literally a filing closet with an animation disc in it. <laughs> but but over my shoulder, I could hear all these conversations. Russell Hall and Dick Purdom are over here. Carol Stallings, his assistant, is over here. And Dick's in this big room over here. And he was a huge Bix Beiderbecke fan. Flugelhorn. And I used to go listen to him play of an evening, you know, with his Dixieland groups and uh, loved what he did, of course. And one of the songs they kept playing, and it wasn't Bix Biderback, it was Yardbird Suite. Thank you. 
what they did is they would take a jazz standard like Yardbird Suite, Charlie Parker, and reorchestrate it so it sounded like Dixieland. And so he would play this cut constantly <laughs> as I am working, and it stuck with me. I was even trying to make an independent film at the time, and I got a copy of that track because <laughs> I was going to use it as the basis of my music. But it was a huge, huge influence on me, as was Dick, not just in animation, but also in his musical choices. And, you know... If you really want to liken animation to jazz musicians, Dick is the best example because mm. he loved improvising. Mm. You know, he could animate, you know, a scene kind of improvising the same way you would do in jazz. You know the structure, but then you go off onto mm. tangents, you know. And sometimes he would leave a commercial to be done until the last weekend before it was due. And then he'd knock it out of the park by improvising it. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and it was astonishing what he could do. And it was very much because he was a jazz guy. So, you know... So it really influenced him. It in really that. influenced him and therefore influenced me. So a tip of the hat to Richard Williams. <laughs> Thank you. 
Well, this has been a huge thrill, and we have to thank the other Eric, Eric Daniels, for being our our matchmaker. And we are here where I record in Los Angeles, in Rustic Canyon, in this incredible house that I don't know if Eric told you, but it was a stage set or a movie set. Mm -hmm. So I want you to describe this room as the creative visual person that you are, where we are. What would you say? What do you feel like we're... uh, do you feel like we're in Santa Monica? Not no, much. No, it it's an old rustic log cabin style room that we're in here with mm. big stone fireplace and lots of interesting things and beams across the ceiling. It's it's very rustic looking and comfortable. It's a very warm room. Uh, And if you were going to draw some characters, let's say we were going to do it, well, we've stepped into sort of Roger Rabbit since we were talking (laughs) about Richard Williams. And so if we had some characters that were going to be here with us, Mm -hmm. sort of enjoying this room, what, what what would they be? Mm, See, I'm putting really you on the spot, you but I'm spot. but I'm letting you improvise. I'm letting you <laughs> improvise, and I'm giving you uh, look. Get close to the mic. You need you as you're looking okay. around. Um, I would visualize storytellers in this room. Mm, I like that. You know, like people who'd been around for a few decades. Yeah, had lots of experience. Had lots of interesting things to say. This room kind of evokes that to me. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I like that a lot. And and there have been many storytellers in this room, I can tell you. Okay. <laughs> so I like that a lot. Your instincts, we knew it, but I'm going to repeat it here. Your instincts are good. Your instincts <laughs> you. are good. Thank you so much. You're a real hero. So this is great for me. You've been talking a lot about meeting heroes, <laughs> and now I get to meet you. So thank you for taking the time to do this. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. You've been listening to my conversation with animator voice actor Eric Goldberg. I hope you'll join me here next time when I talk with another celebrated creative person about how jazz has inspired their life and work. I'm Judy Carmichael, the host and producer of Jazz Inspired. My production engineers are J.D. Allen and Curtis Heidoff. You can download podcasts of Jazz Inspired from iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Our opening music was Airmail Special, and the mid-break music is a smooth one from my CD, High on Fats and Other Stuff. The closing music is Old Fashioned Love from my CD trio. I'm on piano with my Cashem on sax and Chris Flory on guitar. Judy Carmichael's Jazz Inspired is made possible with generous support from our listeners and from Steinway & Sons and from Sag Harbor Florist. Visit sagharborflorist.net. For a schedule of upcoming programs, to sign up for our email newsletter, or to find out how you can personally support Jazz Inspired, visit our website at jazzinspired.com. You can email us at info at jazzinspired.com or visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stride Queen. Additional support is provided by Jazz Times Magazine, providing entertaining and provocative coverage of the jazz scene since 1970. On the web at jazztimes.com. Jazz Inspired is also sponsored in part by Page at 63 Main in Sag Harbor, New York, serving organic microgreens and vegetables grown on their own energy-efficient indoor and outdoor aquaponic farms. Better taste, happier planet. 
visit page at 63main at opentable.com. And special thanks to Henry and Gilda Brock and to the Ken Colker Foundation. For more information, visit jazzinspired.com or judycarmichael.com. 